Hello, and welcome to the Unveiling Your Creative Superpowers podcast. We are your hosts, Emily Lewin and Sarah Bryan. This is episode eight, the finale of season one of our podcast. And we're so excited to talk to you about part two of creative leadership. Creative leadership is when you've reached the point of excellence and leadership in your craft and you begin intentionally investing in the community around you. Bright Ideas is a collection of playful, practical resources to help you light up your creativity. We help people engage with their creative journeys through group courses, workshops, conferences, and now this podcast. Last week, we discussed the idea of creative leadership in general, and then some of the specific traits that define a creative leader. Creative leaders live their lives by a set of values that help you identify creative leadership in your own life and in the people around you. The first four traits that we talked about last week are awareness, vulnerability, generosity, and gratitude. And if you want to hear more about those, I would encourage you to listen to that full episode episode seven from last week. This week, we're going to dive into the rest of the traits of a creative leader and the actions. We're going to jump right in where we left off. So here we go. Another trait of being a creative leader is being legacy minded. This means that creative leaders think in terms of multiple generations and communities and not just their own. They believe that their platform of leadership was made to lift themselves and their community and coming generations to grow beyond their greatest accomplishments. So these are not people that are going after powerful positions just for the sake of being powerful or just for the sake of being influential. That is, again, another type of orphan mindset that says, I have to be on top or be the big dog or be in charge. Um, But rather, creative leaders are people that think in a broad sense. They think in a long sense. They see a much bigger picture than just the immediate moment, though they are people that are amazing at being present in the moment because you can't be grateful and practice gratitude the way that Sarah just talked about without being present, they also can see a big picture. They're able to hold both realities in their mind at the same time. It's a place of maturity to be able to to think broadly and stay very present, but also keep in mind a bigger picture. I love this quote by John Adams that I'm going to paraphrase because it's very long, but he says, I must study politics and war that my sons may have the liberty to study mathematics and philosophy. My sons ought to study mathematics and philosophy and other things in that genre in order to give their children a right to study painting, poetry, music, architecture, statuary, tapestry, and porcelain. Very fancy modes of study there. But the point is he could see that the work that he was doing was laying the groundwork for two generations after him to be able to pursue the things that he might have wanted to pursue at that point, but weren't available. And he was creating a culture and he was creating a foundation for them to be able to do that. That is how creative leaders think. They are not people who 
look at the journey that they had to walk and think, oh, I had to pay these dues or I had to walk this road. And so other people coming after me should have to do that as well. They don't should on themselves like we talked about before or other people. There's no shoulds in creative leadership. These are people who take delight in being able to offer to people an easier way than they had to travel. Creative leaders, actually, it's part of tying in so many of these other traits we talked about with vulnerability and honoring their own story. They're able to, because they are self-aware and they're able to honor the place that they are and the journey that they've walked down in their lives so far, they're able to celebrate where the people around them are and push them forward into future success. They're able to see the creative potential in the people around them and champion that and celebrate that and encourage those people forward and create opportunities for them. You know, when we talked about rising to the occasion and being able to say yes to those big opportunities when they come, a lot of the time the people creating those opportunities are creative leaders. So when you are a creative leader, it is your delight to be able to look at your community and say, oh, wow, I have the resources to create opportunities for these uh, other people coming up in my community and not only for them, but also for my children and to create opportunities that will last even for those children. They believe in that idea that a rising tide lifts all ships, that if they empower other people, then they themselves will be empowered. I love the story of the Guinness factory founding, which is kind of a funny one to reference with creativity. There is actually quite a cool creative story around that. But I found out that the people who started Guinness made a 1,000 year lease on their factory. Talk about a legacy mindset. They're like, we're going to sign a paper that says we're going to be in this factory for a thousand years. <laughs> that is such an incredibly long time. Maybe they didn't like change, um, but just the idea that you can envision your company being around for that long, that you can envision the work that you're building lasting for a thousand years, that is so incredible. And Sarah and I have referenced in previous podcasts how we've received different things from our families. I've been able to see creativity coming down from my grandma. I actually have right next to me a picture that she and I painted together which is some of her generosity of extending her painting skills and legacy mindset to invest some of that creativity in me. So it can be very practical in your own family, or it can be looking to the coming generations of artists after you and making a way for them by developing a culture or creating a platform or opportunities for them. Creative leaders are also curious and highly value diversity. This means that they value and intentionally cultivate diversity in their community. Now, this can look like a diversity of ages, backgrounds, expressions, ethnicities, perspectives, all manner of diversity. What creative leaders in their maturity seek in this is not just to fill in little demographic bubbles so that they can say to someone else, Ooh, look how diverse my group is. What they're actually seeking is people who think differently than they do. They want to see people that are coming from different places of experience for whatever reasons, because that different experience is going to give them a fresh perspective that will actually make the community that this creative leader is trying to cultivate more vital. All those fresh perspectives 
enable that community to grow, to move forward, and to stay healthy because they're not stagnating in a pool of overly similar ideas. Because whenever you get a bunch of people from essentially the same background, same experience, and same kinds of expressions in one spot together, eventually you all start having similar ideas because you all are coming from a similar starting place. It basically becomes an echo chamber. You're all just saying the same thing over and over, and it's reverbing off the walls of your similarness. But if you bring in new perspectives, different experiences, different backgrounds, different cultures, all of these things work together to give you a more flavorful experience within your own community. It's sort of like if you made soup and you only ever use two kinds of spices all the time, you're going to end up making the same soup all the time, and it's going to be really boring. But if you bring in different kinds of spices and different kinds of flavors, then you make something that's exciting. You make something that's nuanced. You make something that is interesting on every level and it has texture and color and flavor and feeling that are unique. Another reason that creative leaders seek this diversity is because they want to learn from a variety of perspectives and a variety of teachers. Someone we both really love around here is Alicia Keys um, in her work on The Voice. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's a fun show. But one of the great things with her is that she is, she's at the top of her game musically. She is successful. She's talented. She is arguably one of the best singers of our time. Whether or not you like her genre You have to honor the fact that she is a tremendous musician. But even in her success, even in her position of influence and power, she still wants to learn from these completely green newbies that are auditioning on this show. These people are completely unheard of talent. And she is turning around and saying to them, not only do I think I can teach you things, But even more so, I'm excited that I think I can learn things from you and we can collaborate together and draw new things out of each other that we didn't know were there. And therefore, both of us will grow by being in relationship with each other. And that is such a beautiful picture of this aspect of the creative leader's character is that they want these people and these voices in their life because they know that it will make everyone grow. They will benefit themselves as creative leaders, the people that they're bringing in will benefit from the creative community, and then the community as a whole will benefit from these people being there. And one of the things that creative leaders really look for is they see where there is a hole in their community, where there is a voice that's not being heard from yet, and they want to find that person. Again, this isn't about filling out a demographic, you know, niche necessarily, but really finding that sound that's missing, sort of like a conductor drawing out the sound from the different pieces of the orchestra so that you get the full richness of the symphony. This is what a creative leader does. They find that voice. You know, they say, I have all these people over here that are like wonderful violins. The violins are great, but you know, we really need a bassoon. Or maybe there's someone out there that is the sousaphone of the situation, and you don't know you need the sousaphone until they're not there. And then you're like, hey, this is missing something. Until you get that one instrument that was missing, or in this case, that one creative voice that wasn't in the situation, and the creative leader is the one looking for them. The creative leader is the one constantly listening to all the different sounds coming from all over 
the creative community at large and looking and listening for that new voice that they can connect to and say, you, you are the sound that my community needs. And they'll draw that person in, not to use them for their giftings, not to exploit what they have, but because what they bring to the table is valuable. The creative leader values their voice, they want to champion their voice, and they want to bring their voice into connection with the rest of the community so that everyone can contribute together and benefit from each other. Our last but definitely not least trait of being a creative leader is that they're wholehearted. And this trait is another one that we've picked up from the incomparable Brene Brown, who talks as much or more than anyone about being wholehearted, given that she has literally studied it for many years. And we highly recommend all of her books, though I would recommend that most people start with The Gifts of Imperfection, if you have not read anything by Brene yet. Um, And she has a great quote uh, about wholehearted living that Wholehearted living is about engaging with our lives from a place of worthiness. It means cultivating the courage, compassion, and connection to wake up in the morning and think, no matter what gets done, how much is left, undone, I am enough. That's what living wholehearted looks like. And it ties back into a lot of these other traits we've talked about. It ties back into humility and vulnerability and generosity and gratitude and all these other ones, they all kind of tie back into each other. But wholeheartedness is a mindset approach to life that allows you to recognize those voices like Sarah was talking about and say, we need you, not because I need you to gain something for myself, but because our community desperately needs the beauty that you bring and that you offer. And hopefully we have something to offer back to you. It's living in a way that's so genuine and so present in who you are and where you are in your journey and valuing yourself that you're able to extend that really sense of honor to the people around you. A a big characteristic of wholeheartedness is that you're willing to do the work to be healthy, both personally and collectively. Creative leaders create a culture where people are able to develop into creative leaders themselves with these same core values that we've been talking about because your core values drive and define the culture you create. The things that you live in and you cultivate in your life are going to be the defining characteristics of whatever culture is formed around you as a creative leader. And a big part of creating this beautiful, wholehearted culture is that creative leaders don't shame people in the community for having areas where they need to grow. We all have areas where they need to grow, but they do encourage everyone around them to continue to grow and change over time. They create a culture of continuous learning, like Sarah was just talking about. They create a culture of continuous growth and vulnerability and change. And in that sense, creative leaders are also willing to seek out help when they need it. A huge characteristic of creative leaders, as we've already mentioned, are that they have accountability. They have strong peer relationships. They have people who can speak into their lives with strong, powerful truth. People who can come up and say, I love you, but this is not okay, or this can't continue this way, or oh, hey, did you realize maybe that you came across this way when you were talking to that person and I love you. And so I wanted you to know like those kinds of people who can 
really speak the truth into your life. Creative leaders intentionally surround themselves with those people because they want to live in this wholehearted way. Creative leaders aren't afraid to circle all the way back to being beginners. They continue through this cycle of creativity for themselves, circling through discovery and fun and games and rising to the occasion over and over and over because they are constantly learning and growing and progressing in their craft and their creative expression. So they're constantly cycling back through these stages and they give that example to their entire community in a really, really beautiful way. I know for me, the idea of wholeheartedness is one that I've been just thinking about and wrestling with and trying to cultivate in my life in the last few years. And I remember, I think it's been kind of a question mark for me all through my 20s of seeing people that I really admired or hearing different conversations and being like, what is it about these people, you know, that makes them such incredible leaders or that makes them that type of magnetic personality that you want to be around or um, just the type of people that you want to get to know or you meet uh, an older person and you're like, gosh, you have something that I want. You have some piece of something that I want to get. You've learned something in your life that I need to know. And I feel like a key thing that I've noticed with those people as a consistent trait is that they've allowed the pain and the hard things that they've gone through in their lives to go through and shape them and refine them into something really beautiful. And they're still in the process of being shaped and refined, but you can see how their journey and their life has cultivated um, beauty in them and has brought out the best in who they are and has continued to refine them um, throughout time. And they are like gold. You know, those people are like this beautiful gold. And I had a hard time putting language to that process until I got a hold of some Brene Brown stuff and started learning about this idea of being wholehearted. And it can be so easy when you are creative to, because creativity is so vulnerable, to create something that is an expression of who you are out of your heart, out of love, out of excellence and put it out there in the world for people to see, that's extremely, incredibly vulnerable. But there's something about being able to do that in a way that doesn't have any strings attached. I think that's another piece of wholeheartedness is that there's no strings attached to the generosity, the diversity, all of these things, the legacy-mindedness that we've touched on. They don't come with strings attached. They are part of the overflow of who creative leaders are. And they're able to be vulnerable and to give in this incredibly generous way because they're settled within themselves who they are. And they're not afraid of losing anything by being vulnerable or by just being fully present in their own story. So there's a little taste of some of my thinking through things as I process life, but it really is something that I have sought to cultivate in my life and I'm still working on it's a journey, but it's something that I think is really valuable and beautiful and definitely is a characteristic of creative leaders that I want to emulate. Now, I know that we have thrown this big laundry list of characteristics at you and these sound probably like the amazing lofty ideals of some incredible person other than yourself. And maybe you feel like you're never going to get here. We have good news. These are not values and traits that you have to come to all at once. In fact, these are at their richest and best when you cultivate them over time. 
And depending on your personality mix and your background and your experiences, some of these characteristics will come to you more naturally than others. And the ones that aren't natural may need to be purposefully developed. But don't feel ashamed if you don't have this whole list down. Don't feel bad about yourself if you're good at gratitude but you're terrible at generosity or you know maybe vulnerability scares the dickens out of you it does me a lot i struggle with that one and that's one i have to be very intentional about but the key here is that you're aware of where you need to grow and you're aware of where you excel so that you can work on the places that you need to grow in but you can also celebrate the parts that you're good at so you, know, you can take stock of this, but take stock with grace and recognize that this is a process that you're walking through. A couple of quick examples of creative leaders, and we've mentioned some of these already, um, but we love Greg and Susan Card. We can't get through this without shouting out to them. They are the leaders that um, originally told us to do this and were people whose opinions we really valued that said, you guys have what it takes to to write and teach about creativity and we believe in you and we're going to support you in every way that we can. And they've been amazing. And they're both incredibly accomplished creative leaders in their own right. They're incredible artists and they have really intentionally cultivated a community of artists in Charlotte um, that are growing and developing and moving forward in their creativity through their example. We also really love Stephen Roach of the Makers and Mystics podcast and the Breath in the Clay conference that we've talked about a couple times. He's done a really phenomenal job of walking out creative leadership. He's a talented musician and speaker and poet and many other things. He does a phenomenal job of championing creativity and the creative community around him. Uh, all of the coaches on The Voice, I think, do this super well. It's something I really enjoy about this show is that they do a phenomenal job of demonstrating what creative leadership can look like with their grace and their kindness towards people and their willingness to learn. Like Sarah talked about, Brene Brown obviously really invests um, so much generosity in the people around her. And an another really awesome example of this is Misty Copeland and the ballerinas and her company have really done a phenomenal job of investing their gifts and their talents back into their communities and demonstrating creative leadership in a really beautiful, powerful way. And there are so many examples of this. We would love to hear who some of your favorite creative leaders are. Feel free to share them with us on social media or via email. We'll give you more details on that at the end. But this is something we definitely want to celebrate and highlight more. Clearly, from all we've been saying, creative leadership is the goal of the creative superhero journey. This is what you're aiming for. But we want to be clear about something. This is not a pinnacle of achievement that you want to get to so that you can go, Oh, I have arrived. I am mature and I never need to do anything again. If you're looking for that, you've come to the wrong place. What creative leadership really is, is a place of maturity from which you can influence and aid other people around you. This represents the opportunity for the redemption of all of the things you've struggled through up until this point. Every hard step that you went through, every difficult place in your backstory, every courageous choice you had to make along the way has culminated in this. And now you get the honor of helping other people succeed where you failed. So this moment is a privilege 
and it comes after you've put in the work, the effort, and the faithfulness to develop your own creative superpowers. So when you reach this place, you've reached a summit in your craft. That means you are walking in a high level of excellence in your craft. You have developed yourself to this place. And now you can use your position and your perspective to help others navigate their journey with maybe less struggle than you experienced. You may not be able to take away all the struggles for them, but you can make the way smoother and clearer. And as you explore new territory as a creative leader, because you should always be growing and expanding your territory in this, you can come back to others with a map and you can show them and show your community how to grow and how to move forward in their creativity in deeper and better ways because you're the one leading the way there. This is the place where you not only work for yourself, but you work to give back to others, just like all those character traits we just went through. So good. And we've talked a lot as we've gone through this whole series about how your unique creative expression has the power to change the world. And we believe that that's true through your creative expression. But we also believe that when you reach this point of walking in power, that you are walking in the power to change the world, that that is the level of power that you have and that you carry as a creative leader. It's something that we really, really value. So a quick action for this week would be look at the list of the traits of a creative leader and practice a little self-awareness. Like Sarah was just saying, give yourself grace for the areas that you're not super strong in and celebrate the areas that you recognize that you're doing really well already. And look for the, the points in your life where you can begin cultivating the traits of a creative leader. Maybe you need to bake a few pies this week and give some pieces away. Maybe you can practice more gratitude in your week. Maybe you can work on living a little more wholehearted. Whatever it looks like, this is your opportunity to begin developing these traits and these characteristics now. So when you reach that point of creative leadership, you're ready. The second action would be to seek out a creative leader example that you can hold up in front of yourself to emulate. So maybe this is someone we've already listed. Maybe it's someone from your own community or another, you know, creative celebrity that may be out there that you think really captures these characteristics that we've talked through today. But find somebody that embodies these things we've talked about and maybe learn a little bit more about them or make a point of tracking with what they're doing so that you can be inspired by their work as you go into your walk as a creative leader. Find your tribe. We've mentioned this a few times, but creative leaders have got to have that core team around them. They've got to have that tribe of people that they're investing in. And there's no time like the present to start cultivating that. So find a community that you can plug into. Find people that you can begin walking this journey with and investing in and receiving from so that as you all develop into creative leaders, you already have that built-in team there. And if there is a creative leader in your area that you appreciate, see if you can actually connect with them and be part of the community that they're influencing and learn what that looks like in a real way. So those are our actions for this week. This wraps up season one of the Unveiling Your Creative Superpowers podcast. If you have come this far with us, we are so grateful that you're here. We love you all, and we're so excited to see how all of this continues to unfold. If you would like to share your creative leaders that inspire you with us, we'd love to hear. You can share them with us on social media using hashtag UYCS podcast. 
and you can find a list of these actions and we're going to actually have a downloadable PDF with all of the traits of creative leadership listed out on it uh, available on our website, brightideascollective.com. You can also listen to the podcast on our website and don't forget you can subscribe and please leave us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud or Google Play, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We love hearing what you guys think about the podcast. That is it for the final episode of the first season of the Unveiling Your Creative Superpowers podcast. I'm Sarah Bryan. I'm Emily Lewin. Thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next season. Have a good one. Bye guys. Hey guys, Emily here with one final note. I wanted to let you know we are going to take a short break between seasons to work on a couple of really exciting things that are coming up for Bright Ideas. If you want to keep up with us, make sure that you're on our email list on our website. If you download the action PDF, that will put you on our email list or you can just jump on through our website. We also are going to have a short survey linked in the page for this specific episode. And we would really love to hear from you guys what you think about the show so far and what you would love to hear going forward. We've seen you guys listening in the U.S. and Virginia Beach and Germany and Canada and Spain. So exciting. We love seeing that you guys are listening and following along with us, and we would love to really make this valuable for you. So we'll see you in hopefully a few weeks with more episodes. And in the meantime, please uh, check out our blog or do some of the actions and let us know what you think about the podcast in that survey. We'll see you guys soon. 